Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, guess what? Just about anything can happen. So, you know, as per usual, I have a wonderful guest on, and kicking off the 2021 season has been fantastic. Um, the shows that we have already done have really spoken to individuals, to their hearts, to get them to understand the events that are going on in our world today and being able to talk to some fantastic authors and event planners and and those that are supporting authors in every way possible so with us today i have my namesake <laughs> author michelle d jackson and i want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience thank you michelle so much for inviting me to be a part of girls talk i love the title uh, my name is Michelle Jackson. I am an author of two books, one Christian fiction and one urban fiction. I am also the owner of PR Solutions, which is a strategic marketing and corporate event planning company. I am the executive director of the Invest I Invest um, National Youth Business Competition, which is for youth 13 to 19 years old. It's a national competition, actually international business competition at this point. And I'm the executive director of Life Skills Foundation. And so recently I started a Facebook group called Black Writers Workspace because it was COVID and I was just looking for something to get into. And I just dropped my book February the 14th and then we were stuck in the house because of COVID. And so I decided to start the Black Writers Workspace. And um, it has been an amazing experience over the last couple of months. We have over 2,800 uh, members and uh, we're hosting virtual book fairs and round tables and just talking to writers. And that's how I met Michelle Jones. She was a part of uh, our first book fair. And I'm just so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited that you're here as well. Like I said, my namesake. So, you know, <laughs> so I was getting, and then her name is spelled right, you know? Yes. And that's when you got the namesake and her name is actually spelled right. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. But yes, we did meet in, in um, your space, your social media space. And I was really excited about that. I was excited about that. And I was excited about the work that you are doing and, and the safe place that you are providing for authors to be able to exist, to um, share their excitement of the things that are going on in their lives and also to get help. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think most people realize that the platform is set up that if somebody has a question, anybody within the group can answer the question and be able to give feedback to um, that individual. Because I know it's been a couple of them that I have in turn um, ended up responding to a comment or a question or something. And to know that we can have a community and be able to um, help each other go through this uh, author journey. Because when I became an author in 2017, I never thought that I would be here now. Mm -hmm. You know, you think I'm going to put this book out and then you don't really think too much about it after that. Well, since then, I've learned a whole lot and I have grown in the knowledge of the authorship journey and what it is about being a writer. So what drew you to writing? What caused you to step into the author role? You know, I've always wanted to write. Um, I was the little girl dragging the typewriter through the house uh, when I was younger. I grew up in public housing. We didn't have a lot of money, but we had a whole bunch of love and a lot of creativity. Uh, my brothers were artists. Uh, my mother taught Head Start and she was, there was always someone creating something. 
in the house. And I wanted to be a writer, but, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm young and I know that I have to go and find a career. I kind of walked away from the idea of just being an author um, and went into the corporate world. And so I spent years in some amazing jobs, renting shopping malls, writing policy for the state of Maryland, doing all kinds of cool things. Mm -hmm. And then I decided back in 2009, while sitting in class, getting my master's degree, that I just started writing this book. Um, I was having a bad day at my job where I was running <laughs> shopping centers and I was a little hot with one of the CEOs. And so I developed a character around him and I was sitting in class while getting my master's degree and I would write this story. Uh, my husband went off to Iraq a couple of years later. And while he was in Iraq, I had it published and I uh, wasn't thinking to do much with it. Honestly, it was kind of a bucket list thing. Like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. So I wrote a book. I'm going to put it on the shelf. But when he walked in the door, I never forget when he came home from Iraq and I said, hey, look what I did. And he was like, oh, my God, you wrote a book, you know, and I was like, yeah. And he said, all right, let's market it. Let's let's get on the road and start doing something with it. I was just like you. I had no I, I really had no clue what I you know what to do. I could do the writing. I've always loved writing and I've always actually written. That is something that's been a big part of every career I've ever, ever had has had a lot of writing from marketing, content development, blogging, all those things, website content development. I was doing a lot of that anyway. Um, but once I wrote the book, I just backed into it blind, blindly. And I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't, you know, I did, I went with a, a vanity publisher. I spent, you know, $1,500, $2,000 trying to publish a book. I, you know, I just did things I had no idea. And I realized then that there's so little information out there for the new writers. And that was one of the things that really drove, uh, made me want to create the Black Writers Workspace because I want us to have a space where we can communicate, share our, our experiences. And like you said, a safe place so that we can all feel comfortable saying to one another, Hey, I've got a deadline. I can't meet it because I've got writer's block or I've got this book that I wrote, but I'm afraid to get it published. And those are honest feelings that you have. Or I just don't know what to do. You know, what do I do now? I've written this thing. I think it's great. But what do I do with it now? And so that's exactly what it has um, become. So it's such a great resource. And I love the fact that everyone is so supportive of one another. I mean, when you come on the page and say, hey, I'm new. You're getting all these, you know, congrats, yeah. welcome to the group. What are you working on? And that's exactly the um, the type of environment I wanted to create, one that we can kind of vibe off of each other, but be supportive. And that's been a big part of, uh, of my goal with the group. Well, one of the things that um, it, that impressed me is that when I came on, you had come up with another concept that you kind of built off of that platform as well. Why don't we step into that? Why don't we talk a little bit about the BLK dot mm -hmm. So um, part of what I do as a PR person is I do corporate event planning and I work with, you know, cybersecurity conferences and sustainability conferences. So when COVID hit, you know, my my corporate event planning um, portfolio really took a hit because now we can't go out, we can't do anything. And so my thoughts were, you know what, I need to learn this virtual event world because it really will open doors not only for my business, but also will open doors for writers like myself who had just dropped a book and had no way to market it because I marketed my first book by going to trade shows and doing book fairs. 
And that's how I was able to sell that book. But now that's off the table. We're stuck in the house. And so I created the black, the BLK dot, but I call it just black ink um, virtual book fair because I wanted to give new and indie authors an opportunity to promote their works to a global market, which is something that we struggle with because if you don't have the big dollars behind you from a publishing house or someone giving you that great deal, you know, and the, and the mass marketing that they can provide, like a HarperCollins or some of the bigger um, publishing houses, you really are struggling to market yourself. And if you don't know anything about marketing, you know, trying to promote a book becomes really tough. And so that was what drove me. I decided to do the event. I found a platform that was very interactive, allows you to kind of connect with people. Um, and then I wanted to build an agenda that would be something that people would want to um, log in and see. So it's a free event. Um, it's on it's online. We had our first one November 6th and 7th. We had over a thousand people to attend. We had over 200 um, author booth interactions and our authors get an interactive booth. So I can, just like we're talking here, you can talk to people who are interested in your book and pitch your book to them. And then you can sell it right there online. So, um, that event I felt like was very successful. I know, you know, we have, we were working through things and making sure that it's, that it goes well, but we decided to do, uh, one every quarter. So our next one is January the 29th. It's on a Friday. And these events are not just, you know, book fairs, as you know. Um, I'm a girl from Alabama, so, and I live in New Orleans, okay? So we like to uh, have fun. So we have live music, we have, you know, giveaways, we have mm -hmm. speakers, and then you have your author booths. And what I love so much about the November event, besides the fact that my namesake was, was one of the authors where <laughs> you were there, uh, was just the fact that the music and everything, people had so much fun with it. It was like, you know, I thought I was just going to log in and see a regular, you know, some speakers. But instead, I had this live performer I, games and different things going on. And so uh, this event is only one day. It's only one night. And that is, um, once again, Friday, January the 29th. And it's from 5 to 9 p.m. And we have such an amazing lineup. And so... Uh, we have Tracy Sherrod, who is uh, one of the ed directing um, editors at Amistad Publishing, which is part of HarperCollins. And we have Doris Payne, who is the international jewel thief. She's 90 years old. They wrote a book about her. And now they're about to do a movie. We have Chef um, Manning, who's going to do a cooking demo. We have more. We have music. We have an all-male uh, new and indie book panel. We're just trying to have fun. And the goal, though, is to help market our new and indie um, authors. And they're going to be down. Right now, we have already have over 25 vendors. And uh, we have a couple of weeks to go. So we are really going to hit our mark with this one. And I'm excited to do it. So I want to get I want to talk a little bit more about what the um, what it's going to look like um, for what it is that you're going to be doing. Now, you did say that you were going to have um, the young lady, the 90 year old uh, uh, jewel dick thief. Right. Yeah. <laughs> OK. How did, wait a minute, I got to go back. How did that come about? I, I want to know how that came about. <laughs> So, so what I do when I put on an event is I just go to old school, pick up the phone and call and ask. Okay. 
do you would you like to speak? I really don't do anything exciting. I've over the years I've probably um booked over 300 speakers for different events. And so I reached out to um to Amistad, to HarperCollins. They actually were at the first event. And so to have representatives from such a, a huge publishing house want to come to an event that's you know put on uh, for new and um and independent authors is a big deal. So I was really excited to see that they were there. And there were others. There were others who you know, you may not have known it, but they were there looking at your stuff and, and paying attention to what was going on. So I reached out to them and then talking to um, Tracy, she had a great idea. She said, you know what, we're about to um, do some work with Doris Payne. And I didn't even know who she was. OK, I'm not a true crime. I like true crime, but I didn't know who she was. So she said, I want you to take a look at her and we'll bring her on and just talk to her, you know, about her book and her movie. And I got to researching her and see that a 90-year-old international jewel thief who, oh my gosh, she has an amazing background. And to know that they're going to be on the at the event talking, talking about publishing, talking about editing. And that's going to be dynamic for our writers because Tracy is with the Black division of, you know, Harper Collins. And this is a great time to ask about how do I get a publishing deal? Well, how does it work? What do I need to do? What are you looking for? So that's why we even created the, the BWW or the Black Ink event is so that we can have those opportunities to um, to meet with those people who can, you know, really open doors for us because no one is writing just to write. We really do want to be we want to be best selling authors or we want to be, you know, well paid authors if we can. Um, we do it because we love it, but we also do it because, you know, we see this as a career path mm -hmm. for many of us. And so talking to people like Tracy, learning from um, Doris and some of the other writers and authors that have had a, a level of success is really good for our new and independent authors. And I just hope everybody will will chime in and get involved in that. But, yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's just amazing what happens when you ask. You know, you'll be amazed. You know, it, it really is. As they say, so, power of the ask. Yes, yes. Power of the ask. All you have to do is put it out there and then people will come back. So we mm -hmm. want to give the specifics again. Give us um, the actual date of the event again. It is Friday, January 29th. Um, you can go to boothcentral.com or if you're a member of the page, we have at the very top, it's pinned to the top, is information about the event. It's also on Eventbrite and it's blk.inc, um, virtual book fair. It will be from 5 to 9 p.m. Central. We'll get started right at 5 o'clock. You will have featured speakers. We'll have music. We'll have author exhibits and giveaways. Um, it will be an exciting night and it is free absolutely free to attend. All you have to do is log in and you can, you know, view it on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. Um, and you can also ask questions. So this is a great time to get your questions ready for anybody that we have and everybody that we have on a panel. Someone else I didn't mention, we have Jesse Washington who writes for the, um, he writes for the undefe Undefeated, which is part of ESPN's lineup. Um, and he's going to be talking. He's an African-American. He's done some amazing work. He can meet with them. It's going to be great. And we invite everybody, everybody. It doesn't matter. This is a multicultural event. It is not just black authors. Um, and I'm excited to, to, to say that as well. Uh, but you are welcome to come in to vendor. If you're interested, we still have booths. They're $75 each or to attend for free. 
Okay. So um, as you were talking, you were talking about how the pandemic hit and you had to switch gears. You had to do a mind shift from doing on-site um, planning for events to now doing it virtually. So how did you come up with Booth Central? How did, how did, because I have to be honest, I had never even heard of Booth Central until I did your event. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, my background uh, it has been a lot about creating programs for um, both public and private sector. Um, and so when I worked for the state of Maryland, I worked a lot with tech companies. And so I'm kind of, I love technology and innovation, although I'm not a technologist. So when I do something, whether it's working with my PR clients, whether it's BWW, I'm always looking for ways to streamline the process, meaning I'm always looking for apps or platforms that will help to make things easy and simple. And so when I started thinking about doing a virtual book fair, the first thing I said was I got to have a platform that works and that I can give the authors space to sell their books. And so I ran up just doing research. I ran up on Booth Central and they were new. Uh, meaning I don't really I think they had just started a couple of months before. And so I was a little hesitant, you know, because it's like, OK, or, you know, a lot of people were buying into it and, and using the, the service. But I was very skeptical about, OK, is this going to work? How is it going to work? And um, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was good and it worked well. And so we're continue, they're continuing to build the different things that they <clears throat> will allow you to do with it and i'm actually hosting another event on it besides my uh the black ink event i will be hosting an event called um, tech charge nola where i'm trying to get more young people involved in tech careers uh, which is a big part of the nonprofit that i um that i have and so i'm doing a lot more with it and uh booth central the the staff is great um there's a lot of flexibility we learned a lot with the first one what we learned was that if you are a writer and you are an exhibitor, you really probably need to have two forms, two ways to, to participate, meaning a laptop and a phone or a laptop and a tablet, because you have to stay in your booth in order to take advantage of people coming to your, your booth. But if you're coming out of the booth to see the live stream, you can lose you know, that opportunity to meet with customers. And that's what happened. And so it happened to me as well. I had a lot of people saying, I've been trying to reach you, but I was on the screen. So I, I was yeah. live, you know, handling the show. And um, and those are the things that we, we've learned and we're gonna do a better job of making sure everyone knows the limitations of, of the platform, but it works. And, um, and I'm really happy to have found it. There are others, I'm sure there's others out there, but this was just from sheer researching. Well, it, it, it pays to research, let me tell you. Now, any author should know the importance of research because we have to research book information to make sure it's credible and that it's authentic in the way that it's written. So as, as you stepped into this role of now doing the virtual events and and this is our your second um, BOK Inc. virtual book tour that you're doing, what are some of the things that you learned? How How did how have you grown, so to speak, into the position you're in now? Because, you know, like whenever we do something fresh and new, um, we always have to go back and sit down and and now um, regurgitate what it was that we did. But before we can do that, we need to come back and we need to reflect on the experience, determine what we learned, um, what we can do better. So 
What was one of the biggest lessons that you took away from that first experience with the um, platform? Um, I've learned that, I mean, I want to start with what I've learned just with starting BWW, because mm -hmm. honestly, just the last, I mean, I think I started this end of March um, time frame, and now we have 2,800 members. I've grown tremendously as a writer. Um, although I've published a book, I never saw myself as a writer. I never would say to anyone, I'm an author. I would have people ask me, I heard you wrote a book. And I was like, oh yeah, I wrote a book. I did not, I wasn't comfortable in mm -hmm. that, that title because I just didn't know if I, it was fair for me to say that I was a certified author. If I didn't have a book deal, if I hadn't sold, you know, three, 4,000 copies, I didn't know what that meant to say that I was an author. And, um, and also it's a lonely world being an author. It's like an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? You're like the only one doing what you're doing. And so it's like, it's a limited number of people to talk to about it. You know, it's, it's not something you bring up at a table with everybody who's, who don't, who aren't creative, you know, you go, yeah, I'm writing a book. And they're like, Really? You know, what are you what are you writing and you about? Deer you know? like, in the headlights look like yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. And done that. And done it's that. Like, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, even when I put out my first book, some of the conversations I had with family and friends about it, it was a little uncomfortable. And so I struggled with, you know, fitting into the shoes of being an author. And when I started the page and saw that there were so many people out there just like me who were writing and putting out really good work but yet still kind of doing it in the, you know, in the dark a little bit. Like, well, you know, I haven't really stepped out there and said that I'm good. At, I'm a good writer because I don't know. I need that validation. You know, like, you know, I need the, the 100 reviews. I don't know. We were, it's like you're looking for something to validate it. And so the pain just helped me to validate myself as a writer. Um, the event itself helped me to better understand the needs of our um, new okay. and indie authors. And I've learned uh, with just before getting to the page, I did something that really opened my, my, my eyes to some of the diversity challenges for black writers. Mm -hmm. I put out a question on um, three pages, Facebook groups that had over 125,000 writers in it. And I asked the question of how many books written by African-American writers that were not best-selling authors had the group members purchased in the last 12 months. I promise I was not trying to you know, create drama with this question. But in the course of 24 to 48 hours, I had 1300 comments and, wow. you know, 500 of them were just direct people writing, you know, saying things. I got called racist. Um, I got called a couple of names and it really opened my eyes to the fact that this is another issue where racism and, um, and discrimination has taken hold that the idea of knowing that a person is black and they wrote a book, that there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with knowing the race of the person of the book that you read. Um, and there were just a lot of people who felt like I was saying that you have to only read books by black people or, you know, people in the gay community. And I wasn't, I wasn't, that wasn't my goal. My goal was just to better understand um, whether or not our books were even being considered when books are selected. And uh, and that opened my eyes. That really grew me up to the fact that a lot of the racism and systemic 
racism that exists is very much so into publishing and into book selection in some degree. And I'm not saying that people who don't read books by black writers are racist. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that our books are not readily available as new and independent authors. And that was something that we do need to look at what our publishing companies are putting out, you know, our, our opportunities to market our books. There are some issues there. And so that really blew me up. So we're going into the event. I was more and more um, eager to make sure that those events continue. You know, I didn't want it to be something one time, which at first, at first I was like, we'll do this and then we'll just see what happens. Now I want it to be quarterly. I want us to have a platform where we can sell our work. And there are a lot of people who want to buy our work, but they can't get it. They don't see it. Like someone said, hey, I would love to buy more books by independent and black, you know, and new black authors, but they're not in my library. They're not showing up in my, you know, Goodreads, you know, <laughs> you know, um, information. I, and that really made me know that doing this was going to be beneficial for all of us. We have to pull together as a community. We have to understand there are some limitations there, but we can't let those limitations stop us because there is some great work that needs to be read and our stories are valuable and our characters are valuable and we have to keep writing. But when you don't have the way or you don't see a way to market it or to reach an audience outside of friends and family, it really does hurt your confidence and writing. And so that's what I wanted to do is to make sure that we all just keep writing. You know, you said something that triggered um, something in me. I had actually had this whole discourse with God um, back in June, maybe, May or June. Um, and one of the, the very same conversation we're having here, one of the very same things that um, he kind of laid on my heart and um, kicking off in March, I'll be doing what's called Brown Girls Reads Book Club. And basically, even though it says Brown Girls Reads, um, the girls, of course, is playing on, you know, my branding and all of that. But it's an opportunity for individuals of color, male or female, individuals of color to begin to market their books to get them out there. Mm -hmm. um, I know like you, as I have gotten into this um, author journey, um, I published my fourth book in November and as a result, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the publishing. I learned a lot about the platforms that are available to us, just like what you were saying. And But one of the things that I saw was the need. Mm -hmm. and, and you hit on something that I think is integral to individuals of color that are not celebrity status individuals, is that we don't get the um, highlights. We don't get the spotlights. We don't get our naming lights. And so we have to come up with other avenues in which to make sure that we're getting out there. And so um, one of the things that I have learned, and, and I actually took a class, um, and just by chance, you know, are you scrolling down Facebook and somebody's on teaching something and I happened to get on there right when it came on. And it was a gentleman on there, Caucasian gentleman on there. And he was talking about how to get your book in the library systems throughout the United States. And as he was talking, the more disgruntled I got, 
You know, I'm like, really? You got to go through all that to get your book in the library? But it's the stuff they don't teach us. It's the stuff that nobody knows to tell us because guess what? <laughs> nobody knows it. And so I, I want to make sure that people understand the resources that are out there. That's why I had you explain that platform a little bit more. And for people to see that, because I'm, I'm just going to be open and honest. And, and I have a mixed group that, that um, watches my, my podcast. But what I have found is there's a disparity in the numbers um, between the races as far as authors books being put out there and getting the publishing deals and um even in the percentage of the book that you get to keep um and so i think it it, it behooves us to educate ourselves you know I, I was once told that people can't unteach you what you've already been taught do your research go out there and look um, just a, a quick tidbit that I'm going to throw out there to anybody that's listening or that will catch it on replay that is an author or considering to be an author. Get your book, paperback and ebook, on Ingram Spark. Get it on Ingram Spark because that is one of the major platforms that the libraries pull their books from. And, and Overdrive. Get your ebook on Overdrive your electronic version of your book on overdrive, because those are the, the places where they go to look and, and to pull their books from so that they can get um, a good selection. And, and then don't be afraid to market. Like you said, get out there. You know, we have to do everything electronically right now in the midst of the pandemic. So don't be afraid to get your sales sheet together, your fact sheet about you as an author together. Find out who that person is in your local library that makes the decisions on what the books are. Send that information to them and then follow up. Because you never know. It may be time because a lot of times it's timing. It may be time for them to reorder. And they got your information. It all looks good to them. Let me run out and, and grab this book. And it's already on the platform. They don't have to look hard for it. And, and it's right there. So I think one of the biggest things that I have found when dealing with authors is two things. One is they lack the confidence. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm still working on that part. They lack the confidence. And a part of that is because they don't see the platforms available to them to their um, to races of other other colors um, that is not available to them. And then the second thing is information. They, they don't have all of the information to know what is actually available to them. So I want to switch gears a little bit here. I, I want to go back and talk about author Michelle D. Jackson. Okay. So tell me, um, I know you put out the first book. So have we put out any other books since then? I released a book in 2010 uh, called The Heart of a Man. It's a Christian fiction novel. Um, and then in 2020, I released my second book, From Darkness to Night, uh, Family Secrets. And it's it's fiction, general fiction, urban fiction. Okay, so let's let's hit up the, the book in 2020 that you put out. Tell our listening audience a little bit about that book. Wow. So this is this book is hard to to talk about in some ways because it took me eight years to write it. Um, it took me two years to write the first book. 
this book is about a young girl. She's 24 at the time. Her name is Renetta and she grew up in Alabama, town just like mine. Her brother is a drug addict and but he's an art prodigy. And she had she played a role in his demise in a lot of ways. He's actually murdered the first three pages of the book. And it it takes us through her journey with dealing with the guilt that she feels over the murder of her brother. Um, it, it, I write books that are about what I call the human condition. Uh -huh. um, this is the second book I've written where I start with the main character um, trying to commit suicide. I take my, my characters from their lowest place to a better place, not the highest place, but a better place. And so Renetta goes through um, dealing with her guilt, dealing with her brother's death, dealing with decisions that she made when she was very young, really too young to even know what she was doing, like so many of us do. We make decisions as young girls um, that haunt us all our lives. And so she, she's in that situation. She finds herself, though, after having tried to commit suicide in a mental institution, which not only saved her life, but allowed her, allows her to better understand where the pain comes from. Okay. Um, and so from there, the story takes you on this journey with this young woman who's trying to find herself. She's beautiful. She comes from a very interesting family. Um, but she there's a family secret that really is the foundation for a lot of the pain that she's struggling with. A family secret that she has absolutely nothing to do with, but yet has taken a toll on her life. And so uh, this is the first of two books. Um, from darkness to night, you know, the idea of night is that, you know, it's it's not light, but it is night where there is darkness, but you can see something. It's not completely dark. So it's a Christian, it has a, it has a Christian um, foundational story behind it, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it a Christian novel because of some of the things that she encounters in her life. So I want to, I want something you said, I want to go back to, you said that um, in the book, you talk about the murder that happens in the first three pages of the book, but then you go and you talk about her and what made you um, decide to depict her as a suicide survivor? You know, I, for, for some reason, like I said, it's the second book that I've started and you're a writer, you know how the the creativity hits you. You don't always understand where it comes from, but I like taking my characters from their lowest place. And, no, and, and in our world, we see that, of course, as a low place to think that you're going to end your life because the pain is that bad. And to have someone to pull themselves out of that, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a hero move because I've had a friend to commit suicide. I know the pain that that leaves behind. Um, so to make that decision to either it fail or to just pull yourself out of it and decide, no, I'm going to live, you know, you know that God has more for you to do. Right. And so it really does help to set uh, the, the tone for the entire all the experiences that she go through. My my characters are not um, characters that you're going to love every page. They're going to challenge the reader. They're going to make you um, just question their mindset but that's how we live you know we don't we don't make decisions that are right and good every day we're not perfect people we're just we're people you know and thank god you know for our relationship with god we 
can lean on him for good for answers on the directions to go in. And so starting there is just taking her from that really low place and pulling her out of that so that the reader can see every step of what it took for her to get her life together and the fact that she needed help. And that was something, you know, of course, you, you may have heard this. A lot of um, people say that black people, we don't go to therapists. We don't, you know, we don't get mental health help. Um, I wanted to deal with that in some ways, too. And I wanted to deal with a very tough relationship between mother and daughter. Um, something I don't see as much in books is kind of dealing with that tug of war that daughter, mothers and daughters can have with each other. Yeah. And um, I wanted to deal with that as well. And so I've been really happy with the book. It was a uh, it was the type of book that you you write and you pray and you write and you pray because, you know, just the fact that I titled it Family Secrets, I felt like it was going to ruffle some feathers of people that I know. Uh, it's not my story, but, you know, the setting, the community, those things come from my experiences. And um and so I'm, I've been really happy with it, though. It's just been hard to market, like we talked about. And it's totally different from the first book that I read. Right. Wrote it. Mm -hmm. But how is it different from the first book? Well, as I mentioned before, I wrote the first book after having a bad day at my job. I ran 11 shopping centers when I was in Georgia. And um, every so often, all the CEOs and CFOs and all the C-suites would put us on a bus all the property managers and drive around to property to property and kind of pick out what's wrong with your property. Oh, and this wow. particular day, I know. Wrecking. Yeah. This particular day, uh, Georgia had a drought, all the grass is dead. And we being the property managers sitting on the back of the bus and you have, you know, I mean, it is what it is. They were white male leaders at the front. And then we are all sitting in the back of the bus and they wouldn't talk to us. They would talk to our supervisors who then would communicate what they felt to us. And so I started developing this character around these that personality. And so my first character, the first character I ever developed was a, a white male character. Okay. Um, I did not see anything wrong with it, writing it. I've had people over the years to ask me about that. Well, why did you write a character like that? But it was more about what I was experiencing in the day, in the same experience there, I mean, actually, I feel like that character is probably more like me than Renetta in my second book. Um, but it was very fun. It was exciting to build a character that was just so unlike me. And, and you know, he's a he's a 42 year old white male real estate mogul. You know, he's so much unlike me. And to get into that world was exciting. And so that book is totally different from this one. But nonetheless, um, a really good read. I, I was at a, doing a book club affair two weeks ago talking about that book. And considering it came out 10 years ago, I had to go and reread some of it because I'm like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't looked at this book in so long. And I was, it was exciting though. Um, and I remember what I was going through and what I was feeling when I wrote what I wrote. And, uh, but he was also a character that came from his lowest place and, and ended at his highest. And so that was my goal. Well, it's, it's good to hear that because so many times you, you only hear the, the downside of things or, or we have the Cinderella stories where they have the rough life and then they, they move to the best life ever. Mm -hmm. um, all of their dreams are coming true and everything fell into place. But we know in reality, that's not always true. 
Um, mm-hmm. For some of us, that's just not our reality. Things yep. get better, but we never hit that that top level of where some people are. So in, in the journey that you have had from being an author um, and now hosting a social media hotspot for writers, as well as creating one of the most unique um, book, virtual book fair platforms that I've, I've seen today. Um, how does that match up with Michelle, the woman? Hmm. Um, it's all Michelle, the woman. I am um, super ambitious. <laughs> Always have been. Um, I when I close my eyes, I see seven year old Michelle walking through the projects, thinking about this big life she wanted to have. Had no reason to think it would be big at the time, but I always wanted a lot of things for myself because I felt like that's what God wanted for me. I don't know. I I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm just being honest. I really have always wanted to do a lot of things and. Uh, when I look over the course of my life at 46 years old, I have been able to do things that a lot of people my age have not been able to do. And I'm grateful for those opportunities. So everything that comes out of me is just what's in my heart. You know, working with black writers, I didn't know that the that the page would take off like this. But when it did, I saw it as an opportunity to do something that I love, which is to help people with marketing. I've been doing that for years. And so to help other writers market their books is never about making money for me as much as it is about really helping people. You know, there are so many tools out there. I could name, I could rattle off so many things I've learned either from the page or things that I've brought to the page that I've learned over the years about um, being a writer. And you said something earlier about what we don't know. I liken the whole idea of publishing and understanding the publishing world to what we learn in high school and junior high school about the stock market. I didn't learn much. I'm sorry. I don't know. (laughs) And so, you know, it's there, you know, people are using it, you know, it's worth getting into because there are people are making money at it, but you don't know the steps to how do I get into this? And so publishing is just, it's kind of under the bell in many ways. And if you don't go out there and ask questions and research and connect with other writers and, see, you know, what people are doing, you know, you don't know. And as, you know, as African-American writers, we really do have to stick together and teach each other, you know, and say, hey, like you said, Ingram Spark, you should look into that. That's how you get into the libraries. You know, um, you actually gave me a lot of great advice when I interviewed you a couple of weeks ago (laughs) about things. I mean, it's so much that every day I'm learning. I was talking to someone today who was saying, I want to put an ebook out and someone was telling me I need to pay them X now. I was like, you don't have to pay anyone yeah. to do that. Right. Oh, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm sitting in the car with them and I'm just talking to them about, you know, all these different things, these tools that you can use that are free, that are, you know, available to you. But you don't know because there's no book of publishing that really spells out things to you in a way that you can just pick it up and, and get it. Because there's so many different things. Like we're going to have a roundtable this weekend about self-publishing on the page. And um, I was looking at all the different ways to self-publish. I mean, you're talking about 20, 30, 40, 50 ways to self-publish. That's very confusing to a new writer right. who is just like, I'm, I just want to get my book out, but I've got to choose from 50 different publishing you know, um, platforms. It's good for us to talk so that we can help the newer writers 
why, you know, narrow down, filter down what opportunities are there and what is going to be impactful for them and then help them to save money. Because when I published my first book, The Heart of a Man, I spent almost $2,000 publishing that book. I didn't know any better. I thought that's what you do. You know, no one said to me, you don't have to do that. You can, you know, put it on Ingram Spark or you can do this or you can. I didn't know this book. I published it. The only thing I spent money on was editing. So, you know, you learn. But it took me a long time to, to understand that there are so many different opportunities out there, so many different tools. So, yeah. But I, I think it's important, um, even in the author realm, um, one of the things that that I am committed to is I am committed to authors and their education um, and to help them build their confidence. And, and as so, once a month, we'll have authors on the show um, that will talk about their journey. They'll talk about their books. But I think it's also about what we were talking about, that education making sure that they have access to the information. Because if if I'm Joe Blow over here in the corner and nobody in my family has ever published a book, um, nobody I know has ever written anything like this, and I'm jumping off into a whole arena that I have no knowledge of, and mm -hmm. I don't even have people that I can call as a mentor to ask questions because nobody around me has ever done this. So now I'm stepping out here doing something that it's kind of like, okay, did I just fall off of the edge of the earth or what? Because now all I'm hearing is crickets. And so I learned a lot, like you, I learned a lot in the process. And so um, true enough, I can go out and, and have people pay me mm -hmm. thousands of dollars to get the information. And, and they'll, they'll come a time for that. But as we're we're going into this journey, I think information is going to empower our people, people mm -hmm. of color, um, African-Americans specifically, is going to empower them to step into their greatness. Because if I never been if I've never been introduced to it or exposed to it, I don't know what questions to ask. I, I don't know what direction to go in. I don't That's know the empowerment piece. It's the empowerment piece that is 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 key, and it and it speaks to the confidence. Like I said at first, it took me a long time to even say that I was a writer or an author because of the fact that I didn't see people around me doing this, and and then there were few people who would come up and say, "Yeah, I wrote a book. I did this," but they didn't continue. It was like they wrote one book and then they stopped. And so, you know, when you get into it, you know, especially when you first get started, you need that community of people to give you that confidence to know that you're doing the right thing. Because the thing about writing, you can't not write. OK, if it's what is meant for you, you can't. It, it's, it's like if God gives you a voice to sing, you're going to sing at some point. You're going to sing. And it feels that's how it feels as a writer. It's like I can deny myself being a writer, but that feeling in me, that drive was like, you got to put this out. You got to write this. You've got to put this on paper. It's just constantly pushing you to do the work, but then you need someone to grab your hand and give you that support to know that it's okay. You know, um, we can fumble through this together, but we're going to get through it. 
And that's kind of what we want to do with the page is to make sure our writers know, I know you're going to write because it's in you, whether you're blogging or building, writing content or writing books, but we want you to keep writing. And that's why we're going to grab your hand and help you, you know, to get that confidence that you need to continue to keep going. And that's what's important. That's really, really important to me. It's it's tough as a writer because I've written for magazines. I've written for Essence. I've written for Christian Magazine out of Pittsburgh for years. Um, with the, the the magazine out of Pittsburgh for years, I've written a couple of articles for Essence, and it's exciting. You know, you see your work there. You have to, it has to be selected. All those different things. But when no one hits like, you know, we're in the world of hitting like. If no one says good, if you get no reviews, it's almost like a, a gut punch. Well, maybe it wasn't good enough, you know, and we have to get out of that. We have to stop needing yes. to be validated yes. by other people. We have to start saying, you know what, I'm going to put this out in the world. I know it's what it needs to be. I'm going to get go through all the right steps. I'm going to get it edited. I'm going to, you know, make it the best that it can be. But I'm going to put it out in the world. And it may not be for one group, one audience, but it may very well be for another. Everything is not for everyone and everyone is not going to like what you do. Um, and it's hard to kind of get beyond that because, like you said, it's nothing like talking about writing with a group of people who don't write or people who don't think that you can write. Uh -huh. And you say something and they're looking at you like, you know, yeah. um, I have this saying, no one thinks you're great until someone great thinks you're great is this idea that we live in a world of we need this enormous validation for everything that we do and we don't. And I say that to myself because as a reminder, Michelle, I don't believe that. I don't need someone to tell me that I'm great to be great. I just got to be great. And, um, and that's kind of, that keeps me going because, you know, I've been to that place where, you know, I'm putting out articles, putting out articles, no one's reading it, no one, you know, no one says anything. And then I get to that moment, like, maybe I can't write, you know, maybe I can't do this. And then I have that moment of like, yes, you can just keep pushing. You're going to get what you need out of this. And so that's what I'm hoping that we can do, do with the page. But I love what you're saying about empowerment. It really is. We have to continue to educate each other. I think you're going to do a great job what you're doing to educate. I have a lot of people asking me to consult them. I'm not ready yet, but I can tell you that I give all my information free of charge because I am like, you know what? <laughs> I've made my mistakes. I've stepped in all the holes. You know, I remember having, I paid two editors for my first book by mistake. I mean, I did not by mistake. The first one was horrible. <laughs> so I had to find another, I didn't know. They just added a bunch of comma slices and I'm going, this can't be, what editing is all about. And I'm sure. I told you about my experience with the graphic artist. Okay. No. You know, it goes back when you don't know what you don't know <laughs> until you learn it. All I knew is that that was wrong. And, and that was not what I told you. And I wish I would have kept it, but I was so disgusted mm -hmm. that I, I deleted it permanently. And I wish I would have kept it so that I could have a before and after picture. Um, because I think it's important for us to be able to see what is not good and what is good so that we can choose for ourselves. But we're going to um, stop here and take a quick break. Um, and then we're going to come up with our final words from our special guest today, author Michelle D. Jackson. So I am so excited that you are here. I'm excited about the work that you're doing. So we're going to take this quick break. 
guess what? Coming soon to Audible. Yes, Audible. It will be an audio book. Walking on Water in My Stilettos will come out in March of 2021. Yes, March this year. And of course, since your girl Michelle is the author and MS Vigilance is the narrator. So be looking for more information just to tell you a little bit about the book. Have you ever been in a situation where change jumped up and literally slapped you in your face? Well, that very thing happened to me when God took me on a very public and personal season of change, a season of change that forced me to sit up, take notice and realize that my life was literally spiraling out of control. This season of change turned out to be a life-saving and a life-changing experience for me and taught me what it'll look like and how it will look different from person to person. So stay tuned because coming soon to Audible, your girl's book, Walking on Water in My Stilettos, How God Strengthened My Faith Walk, will be available on audio, on audiobook, and all of Amazon platforms, March of this year. For more information, stay tuned to my website. That would be bit.ly backslash Michelle P. Jones dot or dash INC. So make sure that you stay tuned. Also, we've got some great things coming up next week. We are going to be having our final episode of Soul Ties the truth about soul ties. So make sure that you come on. If you have questions, make sure you inbox those questions to us because we will be answering those questions live. So now back to our regular scheduled programming. I'm so excited that we are here. So we are back. I want to give you an opportunity to um, give your final thoughts to our audience. Um, remind them again about the events that you have coming up and also let them know how they can get in touch with you and how they can purchase any of the books that you have. Absolutely. First, once again, thank you for having me. Um, my last word to everyone is if you are doing anything autistic, artistic, whether it's writing, dancing, um, singing, don't stop. Don't let anyone stop you from doing the things that you love the most. And as a new writer, as Michelle mentioned before, get the information that you need, do the research that you need, get an editor. Do not put a book out that is not properly edited. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Make sure that you get your book edited and find a community of people that can help you to move the needle on your ideas, people who are like-minded. And because of that, you know, just that saying in itself, we invite you to be a part of the Black Writers Workspace because it is a space where we can just communicate and connect and share. Um, and you are welcome to post your work there, your programs and different things like that, your book, of course, um, or your blogs. And so we do invite you to do that. And we invite you also to come out to the Black Ink Virtual Book Fair. That's BLK Ink. You can find us on Group Central dot com or on events right um eventbrite and it is on friday january the 29th 
we have a dynamic lineup and we welcome you to come out. It is free to be a part of it. But my final, final words is that, you know, Michelle, you are so great. You really did say a lot of things that helped me to refocus when we talk. And I'm just grateful to have met you. I've met so many amazing writers on the page. I always say I love talking to writers because we are very insightful people. And I don't say that out of arrogance. I say that because we have to be in order to write fiction, self-help, you know, dark fiction, whatever you're writing, you have to be well researched. You have to um, know what's happening. You have to be able to build characters that are believable. Um, we have to be deep thinkers. And I always think it's so wonderful when you go on TV and you see like on CNN and MSNBC, all of these writers that they're always tapping into for information. And that's because of the work that we have to do in order to put the work out into the world uh, the way we want it to. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I invite everyone to the page. We have a lot of different things going on besides the book fair and you're welcome to be a part of it. We have our first pen posse roundtable this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. And we're gonna be talking about self-publishing. And so please just join the group. We are on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. But the Facebook group is our, our main community where we are you know, doing all of our live streaming and different things like that. So we definitely invite you to be a part of it. Thank you again for coming and gracing us with your presence and sharing with us the great work that you're doing and telling us about your books. And so everybody, this is your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for our final episode of The Truth About Soul Ties, because you never know, sometimes those relationships that we find ourselves in could be built on an unhealthy soul tie. We'll talk to you later and have a fantastic rest of your evening. Bye-bye.